Ultra. To the Coronetto Minute, the daily podcast where we crawl our way to the bitter end or the logger end of the world's end, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we're preparing to annihilate Minute 16, which begins with the bells continuing to toll for Gary's joke and ends with Gary handing back the mixtape Stephen made for him in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I, yeah, the, it's like the joke itself has like death tolls. Yeah. Like, it's so bad that it's, <laughs> yeah. I just love the blank expressions on their faces. Yeah, so so let's do it. Let's break down everybody's face. We start with Peter, who looks confused. Yeah, I like, confused and, like, sad. Mm-hmm. Like, he feels, like, sad for the joke, exi- I, for the joke's existence. I really, I really relate to that, because I feel like that's who I am a lot, is... <laughs> When when someone tells a joke, like like socially, not like out of, out of stand or yeah, it happens to stand up too, where someone will tell a joke and it won't be funny, uh-huh. and I'll be sad. Yeah, not because and because because I, the reaction for people is, and I think you might have been with me when this happened in my life. Sometimes that someone will be like, "See, that was a joke because blank and blank," and I'm like, "No, I I know." <laughs> I know that was a joke and I'm sad because I wish I could have laughed at that because then we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and like, that, that's right. I, I actually, in, in the before times, I, I actually kind of never really enjoyed going to see stand up because I would see, or like, you know, bringers like open mics. Because right. stand-ups have a habit of being angry at the audience when their jokes aren't bad or when their jokes aren't, aren't funny. Right. And I'm like, that's your job. That's It's not our job to laugh. Right. Your like, job is to make us laugh. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I was. I wish I was laughing right now. Yeah. But alas, you are not funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so Peter looks sad. <laughs> uh, Andy looks <laughs> like just uh, disgusted. Yeah, um, it's a very zombie Ed face. Yeah, I mean, he just looks—he looks absolutely disgusted. Like, like fuck you. Like, yeah, like he just, uh, ju- he just like let out the just the vilest fart, <laughs> and he's just like, I can't believe you did that. He, did that. Um, he just looks <laughs> so offended and just <laughs> like mouth again, angry. Yeah. Um, Stevie Baby, yeah, Stevie Baby is just like he—he he looks like he's waiting for the real punchline. Like that's not—that's not it, is it? Yeah, just like uh, that's you—you you can't possibly be done, right? That's yeah. not—that wasn't the joke, right? <laughs> Please, or like you're gonna—you're 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 gonna call it out as a bad joke now, right? Yeah, right. Like he's waiting for that part of it, um, and then Oliver. 
I can't really describe what he's doing. I don't want to be too crude on this podcast, but you know when you realize that a, a person on the sidewalk or street is like jerking off? Oh yeah, sure. Or yeah, you're like, is yeah. that is that happening? Yeah, is that is, is this? Am I watching? Is this happening right now? Um, or like, like yeah. is, that, is that guy peeing? Or, or like, uh, or like, are those people having sex? Are those people having sex? Yeah, yeah. It, like that time, that time uh, when I was staying with you, and those people were having sex on the street. Yeah, remember? And I was <laughs> like, hey, there's two people having sex on the street. <laughs> you like came back and told us. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> you were like, this is this is weird, right? That's not like a thing that happens here. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I just moved out to LA. I'd only been here for like two weeks or something. Uh, and, and I just come back in and I tell you and Abbott, and it's like, yeah, there's, uh, it's like two people having sex against a car. Yeah. Like, um, yeah Brendan and Jackie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is this, <laughs> is this normal? And that's definitely, I was like, that was definitely my face is the face sure. he's making right now. That's, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. man. Uh, but yeah, let's get, <laughs> let's get this antique on the road show. It's not that yeah. bad. <laughs> Oh man, it's a it's, um, it's a very it's kind of it might be the most spaced that the movie ever gets. It's a very spaced joke. It is a very spaced joke. That's true. Um, so then, uh, uh, he calls them Bellens, which I wasn't I wasn't sure what that was. Me neither. So I looked I looked it up. Thank you. Um, and uh, and I, our British listeners are rolling their eyes or laughing to themselves because this is a very normal slang in uh, in England, apparently. Uh, mm-hmm. But a bell end is the the tip of a penis. Oh, got it. It's like calling them like calling someone a knob. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. Shout out to our listeners, real quick. Uh, I really learned a lot about uh, the dis- the disparities between our healthcare system and the UK healthcare system. Over yeah. on the Cornetto Minute Listeners Pub or Facebook group, right? Uh, just a lot. Of, I mean, I won't go into it here, but yeah, just really illuminating stuff about uh, what what the background of uh, how you know Gary's uh, rehab probably went down, or mm-hmm. Andy's. You know, I don't know. It was like just you know, you know. I've lived in America my whole life, so I've never really been exposed to different forms of healthcare, right? Unfortunately, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. Yeah, just just a quick shout out to our listeners. Absolutely. Um, so then, now, now we're at the uh, the 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 foreshadowing Five Musketeers. Yeah, segment. This is an interesting scene because, and it brought back a lot of memories. I this was the opening of every World's End trailer. Yes, this I'm, is this is the only bit that I ever saw, and we're back, and we're uh, back, and and I would cover my ears and close my eyes and hum to myself and run out of the theater. So um, yeah, what I would do is every weekend I would go to the movies with my roommate Hunter, mm-hmm. and I would because it would just start immediately, and we're back, and I would just right. get up and walk away, right, and it would make him some some days it would annoy him and some days it would make him laugh. <laughs> he'd be like ha you have to and then they'd be like dude come on really but I was really adamant I did not want any of this to get spoiled yeah no me either I was right there with you but I, it was interesting because I didn't feel that way about Baby Driver at all I watched that trailer a billion times yeah it's it's kind of like uh, I don't know it's like when a, when a band has like a, a trilogy or mm-hmm. 
or like with Star or like with Infinity. Remember like when Endgame came out and you're like, okay, it's over. Like, yes, I'm, yeah. go- I'm going to watch Black Widow. I'm going to watch, uh, you know, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. But like, I'm I don't care. <laughs> right, right. Like, I don't think that there's another Edgar Wright movie that I would feel that way about unless it was a reunion between the three of them again. Yeah, like some kind if, of Cornetto yeah, revival. If there, if there was another, uh, uh, another Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost collaboration film, I feel like I would do the same thing. I would not watch any trailers yeah, and would just wait for the movie to come out and watch I, it blind. So I actually don't I – don't, I can't – I'm sure I have and read, but I can't really recall the trailer for The World's End the way I can mentally recall the trailer for Baby Driver. No, I can't either, and it's because I think I only saw it once. <laughs> like I've only seen it once after watching, um, uh, watching the movie for the first time. I like watched the trailer, and I was like, "Hmm, so that's what it was." And <laughs> and and then also r- sort of recognizing, like, "Oh, this is probably why this movie didn't do that well," is because it's not a great trailer. It's not a great trailer, and it's it's uh it's it's confusing. Um, the trailer. It's not, but then I don't know how you promote this movie. Uh, yeah, because you know the 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 middle reveal is such a major part of it, and it's so it's also the most British of the three films. I would say, right? Yeah, it has kind of the it, it's catering the least to Western, not Western American audiences, right? Because it's it's not. Like the genre that it's playing with is a British genre. Like social sci-fi yes. is a British genre, and sure. it's not. It you know there are American entries in the genre, but the American social sci-fi stuff, like you know, technically the Hunger Games is social sci-fi, technically, sure. but it's but it's also like everyone just considers it YA dystopia. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's more. It's more considered. Yeah, like you said, like in the dystopia kind of brave new world, nineteen eighty four genre. Right, and that's not po- what that's not what what they're doing here. No, no, and they can't be like, hey, Americans, remember Withnil and I? Remember? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it, I mean, the reunion part of it is is one thing, but I think the I think specifically, you know, that part crawl. of it is. Like, like you look at, look at Shaun of the Dead, right? And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, like, yes, this is a very British film. However, um, the slice of life portion of it is very relatable to anybody, Mm -hmm. uh, regardless of where they're from. And then you have the zombie genre to sort of hook into, right? So any Britishisms in it, you can just power through if you're, if you're American and, 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 uh, 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 somewhat xenophobic in sure. your uh, 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 media viewing habits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Why are they saying the Z word? Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and then Hot Fuzz, even more so. Like Hot Fuzz, they, it's like, okay, like it worked for Shaun of the Dead. So let's make the slice of life part portion of this even more British mm-hmm. because now we're going to full on use American action movie tropes. Yeah. So there's even going to be a deeper well to like hook into for American audiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Hot Fuzz does so well. And then with The World's End, they're just like, you know what? Maybe we don't have to do that. Maybe maybe they'll follow us if we make the whole movie British. And um, turns out that wasn't the case. Uh, no. Americans don't care about this movie, uh, which is unfortunate. 
I, although I guess a lot of British people don't care about this movie as much either. Um, it seems largely everyone's least favorite of, of the three. Yeah. Certainly the least talked about the least loved. Yeah. Uh, um, outside of like very particular circles. I feel like this movie for, for people who are more academically minded um, in the (laughs) films that they watch, this tends to be their favorite. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but then, but if you're, if you're just like, you know, I watch, I watch things to be entertained and that's it. This doesn't seem to be everyone's favorite. It's sort of, um, it's like, it it reminds me a lot. I mean, I, I, I keep coming back to it, but it reminds me a lot of, when a band that you love drops an album and like the pitchfork or Rolling Stone review says that it's challenging uh-huh. or that it asks a lot of listeners that it doesn't have a lot of singles. Right. That, that either makes you're either the kind of fan that that makes you excited or you're like, Oh, maybe. oh God, this is going to be like homework. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. th- and there are bands where I've been both of those people. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, depends really? on the band. Yeah, yeah, it depends on the band. Where I'm like, oh, I like it when they get weird and there's not a lot of singles and it's kind of challenging. But then there's bands where I'm like, oh, okay, it's yeah. just gonna be like acoustic-y. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, but I was just listening to a new album by a band that I felt that way about, and I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was um, I've been waiting like uh oh, almost ten years. I think I think it's been nine years since Peter Bjorn and John. Uh, oh, PB and J wow. yeah. dropped a new album. Uh, they did the song "Young Folks" Definitely. for those of you uh, who don't know. And it, and if you don't know it by name, it's the it's the whistling song. It's that summer song. of two thousand and seven. Is that right? Two thousand seven. That's what I that's what I equate it with. Wow, I didn't realize it was that old. Um, I thought it was twenty eleven is when when that uh when that came out. Um. I guess I was misremembering, but uh, uh, yeah. So um, yeah, you're right. 2006 is when that song came out. Holy moly. So they haven't had a new album since the album that young folks was on and they had a, a new album out. Uh, it just came out, I think like late last year or early this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like so excited and then I listened to it and I was like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Like it was yeah. just it was it was it was just like it was it was challenging. Like it wasn't like they did not write another another they there's no singles on it. Like it's no young folks too. Yeah, there's no young folks. There's nothing there's nothing fun about it. It's just like Indeed. Yeah, it's a chal- it's a more challenging album. And I wanna get back into it, but then part of me is just like, well, I don't think I'm in the right mindset for it right now. And so I've just sort of set it aside. I listened to it once. And then I set it aside, and and I'm going to try coming back to it again. Uh, maybe when it's not warm outside, uh, ah, it doesn't. That's true. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a summer album because, like, I don't know. I always equate like summer albums as ones that are like fun to sing along to and yeah, are not challenging at all. And then the winter albums is when you listen to like your Decemberists and shit. Like the, yeah, you're, the you're more Bonnie challenging Bear. stuff. Yeah, yeah. the more like the can... more the the ones where you're like trying to go for a vibe more than anything else yeah you know? when you're like oh I'll, I'll put this on as i drive to the beach with my girlfriend or have a picnic or cook with the windows open yeah have a, have a party or a barbecue all that stuff that we can't do anymore right right <laughs> so i think uh, i think that that's what this I, I agree with you i think that's what this movie is for a lot of people is it's yeah. it's the challenging one that they didn't like enough the first time they saw it to be willing to do the homework yes 
um, to to get the to wring the enjoyment out of it that it it has. Um, it's, it's it's there. It's definitely there. But yeah, you you got to be able to you got to be willing to watch it multiple times. Yeah. And some people just aren't willing to do that. Yeah, it reminds me of Pinkerton. Yeah. Uh, for Weezer. And that being yeah. said, I think this might be in my top five or top ten minutes of the movie. It's really good. It's um, it's great because it's just pure Edgar Wright. It's just like yeah. the back and forth, like and we're back. It's like the three five musketeers or the three musketeers. Okay, a fucking love Eddie Marzen's like four if you count D'Artagnan. Like yeah, right. And he's and he's so he's just like <laughs> he's like I got your back, Gary. He's I got so, you. Like he's, he's so, got the. He's just he's trying to help. He's like he's like hey, you know, don't let these guys uh, tell you three musketeers. It was at least four. I know. Like it's it's it's. I got you. I got so, you, man. He's so pleased. It, it, it reminds me of my my other favorite Peter line coming up in a few weeks. Uh, Cabaret. Oh. There's a moment. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a moment uh, in tomorrow's minute that yeah. might be my favorite Peter moment. Period. Oh, great! I'm excited, I, and I've never noticed it before, and that's why <laughs> I think it's so great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe I love, it's just maybe it's just fresh, but yeah. I love it so much. Uh, but yeah, I love. Uh, you do realize that? You know, like, oh, history! Nobody knows how many musketeers there were. You know, like so much history. History is a sketchbook. That, <laughs> history is a sketchbook. Do you realize that Three Musketeers was a fiction written by Alexander Dumas? Oh, People dear. are saying that about the Bible nowadays. Well, it was, well, well, it was written by Alexander Dumas. <laughs> Don't be daft, Steve. It was written by Jesus. Like just beat, beat for beat. It's just so good. Yeah, it, that's like that. That this exchange is a uh, thirty rock level of of yeah. just like joke, 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 joke. Where where it's like, oh, you don't think you can do five jokes in a row? Gonna prove you can. <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do five jokes in ten seconds. Get ready, strap it's, in. It's like the screenwriting equivalent of like a guitar riff. Yeah, yeah, or oh, a solo man. where you're just like, oh shit. Oh man. Uh, it's so good, and then on top of everything else, we get uh, uh, we get you know Edgar Wright branded foreshadowing, shotgun with, over the mantelpiece. Yeah, yeah, where where yeah, they really missed the boat with the with, with the three musketeers. If they had five, two of them could have died, and you'd still have three left. Like and yeah, uh, and I and I remember again, kind of going back to what we talked about last week. I remember almost being a little remiss that. I had ingested so much Edgar Wright and I knew his pattern pattern so well that I was like, Oh, two of them are going to die immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But then the cool thing about that is that you don't know which two, like, you know, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be Andy, but any of the other three, it could have been. And honestly, my, the, the, my bet would have been Steven and Peter because those are the, those are the two actors that we would have known the least at this point, right? Right. right it seemed right. obvious at the time that Martin Freeman was going to be like the new third wheel in this scenario. <laughs> so when that foreshadowing line came up, very obviously foreshadowing line, I immediately thought, oh, okay, at the end of the movie, it's going to be it's going to be uh, Gary, Andy, and Oliver. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, but no, that wasn't that wasn't the case. So it still kind of works out, even though we know. And that's the thing, too, is I think this this movie is designed in a way that if you know what their deal is at this point, like you've watched Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz a billion times, mm-hmm. you know what the structure of these movies are and how they operate. You can watch this and you can pick up on that stuff. And I think that they wrote it in such a way that they were like, 
you're going to know what this is, but we've written it in such a way that you're still not going to know what the outcome is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's almost kind of a cool way to add tension. Yeah, right. You're like, uh oh. Yeah, for the people I, who know. Yeah, I know. I know what that means. But <laughs> right. I don't know totally. why. Uh, so we get. Tell uh, me about. Can you tell me about the soup dragons? I would love to. So uh, the song was originally written by the Rolling Stones. Oh. In 1965. Oh. It was the final track on their album, Out of Our Heads. Okay. And, uh, and is, is this called Free or I'm Free? It's called I'm Free, yeah. I'm Free, okay. Uh, it was uh, thought of as kind of a birds-like, a, t- a quote, uh, t- Rolling Stone quote saying, uh, not not the band, the magazine, a tambourine-spangled folk rocker with chimey birds-like guitar, this offhandedly libertarian tune wasn't a big hit, but it's one of the 60s most pilant anthems i don't know if i'm saying that right and then the soup dragons covered it in uh 1990 and the single became the band's biggest hit reaching the top 10 in the uk australia and new zealand and charted in other countries as well uh i definitely it took me a long time before i heard the rolling stones version of this i definitely equate the song with the soup dragons Mm -hmm. listeners and scott um (laughs) there's something technically i'm a listener right now <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm listening to you so it's it's uh, fine i'll get lumped in with them it's okay <laughs> i i'm asking you i want to uh, i'm asking a favor to everyone listening to this something that has been weighing on me for over 20 years wow uh a question and i okay. when we when we when we found out when i found out that we were doing this whole project the show all three seasons of it yeah, I thought, oh God, I can finally ask the internet this question that I've had, and oh, maybe shit. someone can answer it. This is this is going to be a big deal. All right. So when I was a little boy, uh-huh. uh, one of my very favorite movies was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of Views. Yes, I had a D- I had a VHS copy of it. So and, did I. Yeah, yeah, and I used to watch it all the time. Oh yeah, like I would rent the first one, but I owned the second one. Yeah. Uh, and so I would watch the the previews and stuff. I remember there was like a Burger King Club commercial cartoon. Sure, yeah. With like the kid with the visor and the kid with the wheelchair, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And there was a trailer. B- BK Kids Club. The BK Kids Club, yeah. <laughs> and there was a trailer for a movie Okay. that had this song as the trailer song. Okay. And I used to love this song, but I only ever heard it when this movie trailer would come up. Okay. And so I'll never forget being like, I don't remember where I was. I was like at a restaurant or something, but I'm free by the Soup Dragon started playing. Okay. And I was like, everyone shut up. Everyone shut the fuck up. I haven't, oh my God, I knew this was a real song because I just remember the, love me, hold me, you know, like that kind of progression. Yeah. Cause when this was before, you know, Shazam and the internet and stuff. So the movie trailer was about, it was live action. Uh-huh. And it was about a family. It was it, it kind of reminded me of like parenthood vibes because it was like an ensemble cast, like a big family. And there were like little kids and there were parents. And it was kind of like a comedy about like this family. They can't they're getting it together, but it's going to be. I remember there was like a little girl on the phone that would that went damn straight because she's a little girl. Uh-huh. And I don't know how to find out what that movie is but uh 
well, uh, my friend, I have an answer for you. Oh, my God. It is called – the movie is called Big Girls Don't Cry, They Get Even. Whoa. Yes. How did you find that out? <laughs> because I remember it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yes. Um, you I, had just the same pull, I just pulled up the trailer and confirmed that this is the one. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was called – it was called um, uh, 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 Kids also was another um, – version of this uh uh like this uh, i guess another title for the movie was was called step kids um but step then the kids. actual like it had a title change at some point and the title was uh big girls don't cry they get even um and wow. it was featured on the tmnt2 vhs i and if going... you go if you go to the trailer uh i pulled up the trailer it's on it's on um uh, retro can... junk Retro and if you, you pull up the trailer and uh, all of the comments on the YouTube are all about the TMNT VHS. Oh, my God. I've never – I feel yeah. so connected to humanity right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The movie's called Big Girls Don't Cry, They Get Even. Wow. I'm going to watch that trailer after we record this and it's going to like unlock shit in me. Yeah. <laughs> like tension that I've been holding on to since like 1992. Yeah. Yeah, the film Th- from 1992. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad that I could solve that for you because I could I, – I, I still can't solve um, the, uh, the, the, the mystery that I have uh, of a movie that, that – like a scene from a movie that I remember seeing that no one can tell me what it's from and no oh, amount man. of Googling or anything. I can't, I can't figure it out. I've never been able to figure it out. Um, and, uh, I've, I've described this scene on multiple podcasts and, uh, no one has ever had an answer for me. Uh, and everyone has tried, but, um, it's, it's never, uh, I've never, I've never been able to figure it ah, out, but that sucks. I know that. Feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, yeah. Big girls don't cry. They get even. <laughs> <laughs> I feel what's I feel... a, what, what's a teenage girl to do with a crazy new step family. That's what it was about. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, that well, was cool. It. Well, yeah. that uh, top the, the week top. Got, early. I think it's got. I think it's got the the guy like the 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 um the guy from uh, the Scorsese movie we watched. I think he's in it. Oh, from uh, from After Hours. Yeah, After Hours. Yeah, I think that, that's yeah that Griffin Dunn. Yeah, Griffin he's in Dunn. it. That makes sense. Yeah, it's Griffin Dunn. Griffin Dunn, Sam Futterman, Jenny I, Lewis. Ben Savage. Whoa, Jenny Lewis and Ben Savage? That's yeah. 90s. Uh, Adrian Shelley. Whoa, Nathan Petrelli. Yeah. Wow, why do I remember his full-ass name? I don't know. From Heroes. Well, he ran for president. Or he became president, right? Yeah. Or was it Sylar? Was Sylar in disguise I, as Nathan? I don't know. I don't think I watched the show that far. Got it. I didn't get to the circus yeah. season. I remember yeah. hearing that they all joined the circus at some point. Well, that's awesome. I feel... I feel very, I feel lighter. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad. Uh, um, this is a great song. <laughs> it is a great song. You're right. It, it's a great song. It's a this is a great scene. Um, <laughs> great movie. So yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, and uh, I think our work here is done. Uh, no, I just. <laughs> but anyway, so they're so they're they're going down the road, and we get we get the Soup Dragon song, um, which is great. 
Uh, yeah. really love this song. And I, I love that Gary's singing and really into this and like everyone else <laughs> is kind of into it too. Yeah. It's you a know? fun moment. Yeah. I like how it Peter's is. just kind of nodding. Yeah. He's kind of nodding. Oh no. All oh, the moments in this, this minute, I thought it was in the next minute. So there, there's this great moment here at the end of this minute where they're, they're, Steven's back there just sort of jamming. Yeah. And he goes, soup dragons. And Peter goes, ah, oh, soup dragons. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he just, oh, like just totally faking that he knows what this is. <laughs> it's, oh my God, it's my favorite thing I've never noticed before because <laughs> Steven is just like sort of attracting your attention. Yeah. He's, um, he's air drumming. He's just vibing. Yeah. And so, like, I've never noticed Peter before, and and Peter just being like, "Oh yeah, Soup Dragons, right?" It's, it's so good. It's it's great. It's a it, it's really beautiful when the, when they when they can all just sort of vibe momentarily. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, even Oliver is kind of just like kind of doing the drums with his mouth, kind of under his breath. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, who's who's of of the five Musketeers? Whose uh, outfit do you like the most? Oh man! Uh, besides Gary, well, I mean, yeah, Gary's Gary's outfit is pretty dope. Um, it's definitely. weird. It's a little comical that Oliver's full on just wearing a suit, like he's yeah. a, like he's at work. Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess it kind of plays into Edgar Wright's like you know characters having a costume, characters having like a you know like if you were drawing Oliver in a comic book, right, right. I really like Steven's jacket. Steven kind of really walks that line between like, oh, this is an adult man, but this is also an adult man that like still fucks. I don't know. <laughs> he's <laughs> sure. He's sure. still he still gets excited about music. He still goes to gigs. He's still like cool. Yeah. But yeah. he's not trying too hard. Right, right. Um I I don't know. I think I kind of like uh I actually kind of like uh Peter's outfit. Yeah, it's unfussed. I like that the jacket looks comfy. Yeah, the jacket especially. I really I really want a jacket like that. Um I, I like his jacket a lot. I think like the thing about um about Steven's outfit is like Steven's outfit is cool, I but I don't think I could pull it off any more than I could pull off Gary's. Right, yeah. It would be uh it'd be like that scene in love where uh Gus is like dressing for his first gig and he's like i don't want to i don't want people to be like oh why are you wearing that you know because it's so not it's so out of character for him that it right. will call, call attention to itself yeah, yeah. uh it's kind of hilarious watching this movie while like following nick frost on instagram because like it's just so i mean andy is just so not nick frost mm-hmm. like he doesn't have his viking beard he's wearing like a, a trench coat and a suit. Yeah. I think of the outfits here, I think I could probably pull off Peter's the most. Sure. Um, and and then I think in second place would be Andy's. Yeah. Just kind of that like Inspector Gadget. I, I, kind of. I definitely think that I have I, I have Andy vibes. Um more than probably any of them. Sure. Like like adult me. We were talking about uh like high school us. Right. I think yeah. I think adult us, I think I'm I'm somewhere between uh, Peter and Andy um, in in that vibe. I think you're probably somewhere between Peter and Steven. Thank you. Yeah, I could probably I think I think that's kind of the beauty of Steven of Peter's outfit is I think anybody could wear it. 
or uh-huh. that it kind of just kind of it doesn't call attention to itself. It's comfy. Yeah. Because yeah. I think because Stephen cares a little bit. Yeah. About what people think of him. Well, and I also just think that, like, I think you're you're, um, you know, I'm 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 heavier into the Peter camp of things. And with with like a little like a like a like with a leg into the to the Andy side of fashion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think you're mostly in the Steven area with like a with like a with like a foot in the in the Peter uh, side of things. Uh, yeah. because I just, I, I do think that you are uh, in general, you know, we do this podcast and people have, you know, have no idea what we look like day to day. <laughs> um, but like, I, I do find that you are, you have a sense of style that I, I, uh, I, uh, uh envy for sure. Oh, thanks man. I appreciate that. Yeah. It, well, and it's, it's a sense of style that like, it doesn't feel like you're trying. It never feels like you're trying. Um, oh, thank you. It just feels like you like threw some stuff on and it's just like, dude looks good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I've, uh, I've really, I've really, I've, I've, I've had fun watching you uh, l- kind of learn stuff that you like about yourself or like to wear, Uh huh. you know, like, uh, like, like the shirt, like, the, like the, the, the pattern shirts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, the kind of, not, not, not just Hawaiian shirts, but like just that kind of vibe. Yeah, sure. You know like that, that that yeah that casual like, uh that casual vibe yeah kind of tiki vibe yeah the tiki vibe for sure yeah I, that's that's part that's partially my style and then the other part of me is like the very buttoned up like layered style yeah um those are those are like my two go to things that's that's what I like yeah it's like I'm an I'm an adult but I still like to party I don't know <laughs> yeah I still like to party you know. <laughs> You're not wearing like uh, no, it's not it's not so much partying. It's more of just like I like to like you know, when I'm when I'm off, when I'm not working, I like to really feel like I'm on vacation. Like yeah. So I'm just going to I'm going to throw something on that is super casual and comfortable and um but has an aesthetic. I yeah, think. yeah, cuz like you're not you're not you're not dressing for comfort to the point where it's like I don't I'm just going to wear this shirt that I've had since college. Yeah. Right. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what you think. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. No woman's going to change me. <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of vibe. <laughs> right. Like, uh, like Adam Sandler uh, at a red carpet event. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wear cargo shorts. That's not a thing. Yeah. In general, I don't wear shorts often. You're not a shorts guy. No, I'm not. I'm not. I do have a pair of shorts that I will wear if I'm going to be outside for an extended period of time. Yeah, you live in California. Yeah, but um, in general, not a shorts guy. I own I'm in my closet. I own quite a few pairs of shorts, and I wonder how I'm going to integrate them into my wardrobe this year. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we're it's getting warm out there. It is. I opened up. I opened a window the other day. Oh my god! It's like Back to the Future talking about the weather. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Have you ever read well, Three Musketeers? No. I, I don't want... think I've ever seen Three Musketeers. Oh, man. I used to watch the shit out of that Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland one. Right. That was on I Disney might Channel. Have seen, I think I saw that in theaters when I was a kid, but I, I, like, I don't remember it. I, I um, and I think I remember I think I think remember not caring for it and like being mostly bored while watching oh, it. Oh, man. I'm a, um, big, uh, I'm a big swashbuckler guy. I remember yeah, but I think I was too young. Like I was, I, I was too young to care about that stuff. I think Chris, like O'Donnell. it wasn't, it wasn't like fun enough. 
Like there mm-hmm. was enough. It's dark. It's violent. Yeah, and it reminds me because it was it was it was um uh if I remember correctly, right? It was playing off of the fact that the, the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves was a big hit. It, yeah, so that's actually. Like, oh, we should do another. We should do another thing like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Tim, I think Tim Curry was the cardinal. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And so I think we we saw it because my dad really liked that Prince of Thieves movie. Mm-hmm. And so we saw the Three Musketeers, and he really liked it. But I think I was mostly bored. But I was also super young. When did that come out? And then uh, uh, Oliver Platt played Porthos. Cheers movie. When, think, did the, yeah. when did that 90s? 93. So I was like eight. Yeah. Yeah. I that's, in, I just think that's too young to yeah. watch something like that. I watched it a lot on Disney Channel. For some reason, the movie was on Disney Channel. The movie opens with a dude getting like skinned alive or like impaled. Yeah. Remember the uh, remember the uh, Paul W.S. Anderson? Oh, movie? hell yeah, I do. I actually. In 2011. I think aesthetically, that is a very entertaining movie. Yeah, I it's, don't know. I really don't like Paul W. Sanderson. <laughs> I don't know. He seems like he's having a good time. I yeah, he certainly does. I just don't. I just, I don't. I don't think he's ever made a good movie. Um, but that's just. I I don't. Know. I like. Uh, I like. I like Mortal Kombat. Oof. <laughs> but I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think I probably like one or two of the Resident Evils. Oof. Yeah, I don't know. I just can't. I can't get on board with it. I don't know. He's not not into it. I but I will say uh, I do love the fact that um, on that movie uh, Alexander Dumas has a screenplay credit. Oh, good. <laughs> so you know that's something. Alexander Dumas just reminds me of Django Unchained now. Whenever I hear his name come up. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, because there's that scene where. Uh, where uh, Calvin Candy and Dr. King Schultz have uh, their, their conversation about Alexander Dumas because uh, Calvin Candy owns a slave named D'Artagnan. Oh. And he, he, tells, he tells Calvin that uh, Alexander Dumas was black. Oh. Is that true? Yeah, because uh, Calvin is like soft. He's a soft-hearted Frenchie. He's like, Alexander Dumas was black. I love Django Unchained. Not going to do a Django Unchained minute, though, because that'd be a lot of minutes. I didn't hear any of that. You cut out. Oh, okay. But yeah. Uh, I, 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 I said, uh, I, I asked, is that true? I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's true that he was a, he was a, a, a black Frenchman. Wow. Rad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, anyway, I think that's, I think that's all we got here. Solid yeah? Monday. Yeah. Solid Monday. Um, uh, thank and, you guys for listening. Uh, be yeah. sure to listen. I, like, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the Cornetto Minute Listeners Pub. It's our Facebook group. Uh, it's one of the only good things about Facebook is uh, <laughs> hearing from our listeners and hearing from our uh, intelligent and opinionated listeners. Uh, you correct us when we make mistakes. You answer our questions and you, you keep dialogue going. It makes us feel like we're not just pumping these out into the, uh, the ether. So uh, we know you have a lot of options. We know a lot of people are podcasting these days, and uh, we appreciate you listening to us. Absolutely. And, uh, we'll be back tomorrow to annihilate minute 17. But in the meantime, let's go. Because I'm free.